Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. My name is Carolina Alves. I'm a data scientist working on the IT APD Analytics Lab team at the Lisbon Tech Hub. Joining me is Francisco Freitas, a traffic engineer who works in intelligent traffic systems at Siemens Mobility here in Portugal as well. We have been working together in this very cool project related to traffic safety assessment, which uses AI to help improve road safety. And this is what we'll be talking about today. Francisco, maybe you can start by giving our listeners an overview of how this project began. Thank you, Carolina, and hello, everyone. Actually, we start giving the first steps with a project called Traffic Air Analytics, born from a challenge at Siemens Portugal. In this project, we develop analytics to count and detect vehicles in order to perform traffic studies. But actually, our biggest drive for this initiative was a co-founded European project called 5G Mobix. 5G Mobix aims to showcase the added value of the 5G technology for advanced connected mobility. Its main goal is to bring automated driving to the next level of automation, mainly in cross-border environments. This is relevant because there is a need for the network handover between countries that was not yet extensively studied. We need to make sure that when autonomous vehicles cross different countries, they don't start acting crazy or suffer any delay in the communications. So, our main purpose with this traffic assessment project is to investigate the impact of the network handover and the possible service disruption on the safety parameters. For example, to check if the likeliness of the collision increases. In order to do that, we intend to evaluate two use cases on the highway and another one in a cross-border and urban environment between Portugal and Spain. Can you give us a brief explanation of these use cases? Of course. The first use case is a lane merge scenario, where an autonomous vehicle will perform a lane merge maneuver onto a lane where there are some vehicles that are connected and others that are not. The second one is automated overtaking, where an autonomous vehicle will perform an overtaking maneuver once again, on a highway and in the same conditions as the first use case. The third one, and last, will be done in an urban environment with the pedestrians crossing the trajectory of an autonomous shuttle, for example, in a crosswalk. I think those scenarios are good examples of standard driving situations. And what are these safety parameters that you want to measure? We decide to estimate three key Safety indicators. Time to collision is a time-based indicator and it is one of the most frequently used. Many driving assistance and car collisions avoidance systems take in, into account. It evaluates the time to collision in case the vehicles keep their current speed and trajectory. We will measure this indicator in all the three use cases previously explained. We will also be measuring the post-encroachment time. This indicator measures the time passed between a, ve a vehicle entering an area of potential collision with the second one and the second vehicle leaving it. In this project, this will be important for the use case performed with the pedestrians in an urban environment, where we will measure the time between the autonomous shuttle entering the conflicting area and the pedestrian leaving it. Of course, hopefully this time is larger than zero because we don't want to witness someone being run over by the shuttle. The last indicator is called time headway, which measures the time gap between two consecutive vehicles that pass the same region in the road. We will be measuring this indicator in the overtaking use case. 
So, Carolina, maybe now you can go into a little bit more detail on how we measure all these metrics. Okay, so to do that, we will be filming the autonomous vehicles in these real traffic scenarios that you described. We'll be using a camera mounted on a drone, acquiring footage from a top-down perspective. Why drones? I mean, it sounds cool, but why not use regular traffic cameras? Well, the aerial perspective gives us a lot of advantages, besides that cool factor that you mentioned. For one, there are less obstructions. For example, imagine that you are using a regular camera. A car that is closer to the camera can hide another vehicle behind it, or at least part of it. This doesn't happen when we are dealing with this top-down view from the drone, which improves our ability to detect and track vehicles and pedestrians. We can also easily cover a wider area just by increasing the drone's altitude. And in the end, it's a very flexible approach because we can take the drone anywhere to acquire this kind of footage, or at least after you get all the required permits in order. One possible downside is the drone getting attacked by birds, but we've been lucky so far. <laughs> and let's hope it stays that way. Can you give our listeners some insights into the more technical part of the project? Sure. So to estimate those safety metrics that you mentioned, we need to get several important pieces of data from the video. We need the trajectory of the road users, the distance between them, time information between certain events in the video, and also speed estimates. But how can you get all this information just from the video footage? A video is basically a sequence of static images. In video analytics, we first want to split the video into its individual frames so that we can perform some sort of analytics on each one of them. Since we want to evaluate the interactions between vehicles and pedestrians, the first challenge is to identify where they are in each frame, so to get their position. And this is where artificial intelligence comes into play. As you probably already heard before, AI tries to mimic the way humans think. In our case, we wanted to learn how to detect vehicles and pedestrians, so we need to teach it what they are by using examples. We do this by giving the AI thousands of images similar to the ones that we'll be acquiring with the drone. So images of roads from a top-down perspective with the road users that we want to identify. And in these training images, every single vehicle and pedestrian needs to be labeled. This way, from this labeled data, the AI learns what set of features of an image are more likely to belong to either a person or a vehicle. After it has learned all of these fine details that make up the road users that we want to detect, it will be able to identify and localize them in new images or video frames that we give it and that it never saw before. But is that detection 100% accurate? No, sometimes the detection fails since AI is still not as perfect as us human beings, which is actually a good thing, right? Since we don't want Skynet anytime soon. But we try to minimize these detection errors by giving it a very diverse data set to learn from with images with different brightness, contrast, scale, rotation, so that in the end, our algorithm or AI can generalize very well and we get higher detection rates for any new video we might acquire. So now that we know where the road users are in each frame, what is next? Now we can get the distance between them. This distance that we measure in the video frames is actually in pixels, but we need real life distance, right? So we need to convert the pixels to meters. We can do this conversion by knowing the altitude of the drone and some specs from the camera that acquired the video. 
then we also need to know the trajectory of the road users to know, like you mentioned, if they are at risk of collision. To do this, we track each object throughout the consecutive images of the video so that we can get the direction in which they are moving. So now we have both trajectory and distance. You also mentioned time, right? Yes. So as I said, a video is basically a sequence of pictures. If we know the frame rate or the frames per second of the video, we know how many pictures are being captured in a single second. We can then calculate how much time goes by between two consecutive frames. This is particularly important for the speed calculation. If you remember your ninth grade physics, which was just a couple of years ago, <laughs> speed is given by distance over time. And when we have both these measurements, we can estimate the speed for every road user and for every frame of the video. So that is how we get all the building blocks to calculate the safety metrics. That's right. So Francisco, now that I have brought everyone with the technical details, what do you think are the main benefits of this approach compared to what is currently done in the field? This is a flexible and fast approach, which allows us to, to do traffic safety evaluations much, much more often than it's currently done. There is no need to install extra equipment, which would incur in higher costs. These frequent evaluations can help make our road safer in the future. Thank you, Francisco. It has been a pleasure working with you on this project. Thank you. Let's keep up the good work. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me or Francisco. Have a nice day and stay safe.